Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, we, it hasn't been long since our last chat, but everyone seems to be two things. You know, they're happy to hear from us, which is always lovely, and uh, they're happy with our rebrand. Yeah, uh, which is was... more 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 truth in advertising than actual a rebrand. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was surprised. I, I mean, glad pleased um, that we got about thirty percent more listenership as a result of giving our name change. You know, to, to small L liberals. I guess people Stephen and Stephen has its appeal for people who like the name Stephen spelled both ways. But you know, uh, my mother liked it. Yes, your mother. <laughs> hello, Mrs. Lutons. Um, um, but here we are. And back talking about events in the world from a, uh, you know, moderate centrist type position. And uh, I think the first thing I'd like to tackle, uh, as we talked about, is the, I don't want to call it hysteria over alleged Chinese attempts to interfere with our electoral system. But it does share some characteristics with hysteria in that. It, nobody, no official, CSIS or anyone, has said that these these uh, attempts were the least bit successful. And polls show that <clears throat> overwhelming majority of Canadians believe that the last election was fair um, and that the Chinese didn't actually penetrate our electoral system. They just made an attempt. And yet there's also great hue and cry from people who, again, majority of Canadians in polls, believe there should be a full inquiry into this. And this shows the strength of the the type of propaganda put forward by Pierre Parlev and his people. It's it's effective because it, you know, you it, it's very rare to not succeed in scaring people. And yeah, you know, it's it's the power of suggestion. Yes, absolutely. And it, there is there nobody has been found to have no candidate despite what they're saying about Han Dong um there's been zero proof that there was any successful penetration of our system by the Chinese zero and uh, CSIS has said this too in their in you know in their leaked conclusion um and yet and so the, you know the prime minister i think is doing the right thing by saying look there's Everything's being done that needs to be done. And an inquiry, which he's not saying this really, but an, an inquiry is going, to, there's a lot of classified information that goes into the information gathering about how they discovered that this was going on. So you're going to have an inquiry where there's going to be lots of redacted documents. Yeah, it's um, going to be very unsatisfying. I mean, it, unless you do, uh, you know, a closed, an absolute closed door. I mean, they say you could do a hearing and you know, and I, I'm not against a hearing or an inquiry or a panel or something, but it's the public theater that the conservatives want to use as as an electioneering tool, which is, you know, the worst in cynical politics. Um, that it, it's if you have it behind closed doors, which you're going to have to have, because a lot of these things, like you say, are classified sources. They involve names, they involve informants, they involve information gathering techniques. They involve, you know, who they consider to be soft targets, who, you know, who are the, the bad actors here. Um, and, you know, in espionage, in spite of what you see in the James Bond movies, is an awful lot of conjecture. Um, even the documents that were leaked, if you actually read uh, any of the the, the briefings, um, the CSIS briefings that were part of the original leak by by the Globe and Mail, a lot of it is what they call chatter. It isn't conclusions. It is this guy says this. We heard that that you know that these people were talking to these people. That uh, you know the, we heard that in you know we're reporting on Chinese news sources that are reporting on Canadian news sources, and this is what they're saying about it. So it's chatter without a lot of hard conclusions. Um, and, you know, it's very unsatisfying, but you still need to do this behind closed doors. And as soon as you do that, the conservatives are going to scream cover up. Um, well, and, you know, it's, it's a blind alley. Yeah, it's a blind alley. There's there's no way to do this, uh, to, to, to do a, a, a an inquiry that is going to be proof uh, you know, the Pierre Parlev proof, propaganda proof. Well, if we we he, just went through that with the with the um, the Ottawa occupation. That's right. And the the uh, the rumor that started almost instantly when it came out, and and you know, and Rouleau said, you know, these were a bunch of bad actors, and and it was dangerous, and the emergency act had to be invoked because you know no one was doing anything, um, and it was justified. And the, there was a, a rumor that started literally that day that Rouleau was 
Justin Trudeau's great uncle. Yes. Um, and, you know, through through some weird marriage, it was uh, Pierre Trudeau's sister's ex-husband, I think, was a Rulo. And someone made the jump. Completely different Rulos. No Completely different first all. name. Yeah. And then yeah. they just go like, oh, well, of course, you know, of course, of course, it's fixed because, you know, he's going to pick somebody. So how do you pick somebody who they're not going to complain about either before the fact or after the fact? And then, you know, the quality of the information, making sure there isn't any further leaks about that. And, the, and like you said, the problem is it is working in certain sectors because Angus Reid just did a poll and they found that 42 percent of conservative voters said they thought the 2021 election was stolen due to Chinese interference. Oh. Now, anyway, and if you go is, to... See, that's the conservative it, songbook in, in North America. Yeah. Actually, and elsewhere. It's the whole, like, the coming out there and saying, stolen, stolen, stolen. This is part of the gospel. It's part of the the stuff you sing, the hymn you sing from the conservative prayer book nowadays. Even though, yeah. you know, it was discovered uh, last week, it came to my attention that, the, that uh, uh, Rupert Murdoch when deposed in a uh, you know in court uh, about the 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 voting uh, Dominion, Dominion, Dominion voting, voting. that's yeah. that's one of the Dominion voting machine uh, lawsuit against Fox that uh, he knew and the people the on air people knew that the election the stolen election uh, narrative put forward by Trump was not true and yeah, yet but they the, but they said it, it anyway anyway yeah. Yeah, and, they said, oh, we knew we were lying. We just, you know, it just made for good stories. And of course, none of that will actually get to Fox viewers. Um, no. And if it does, it'll be one of those things where uh, it, it turns into uh, something they can't hear and they can't see. You know, it, it's it's like their perceptions are turned off for that kind of information. So, you know, the the whole uh, even though that that whole the mother of all stolen election narratives has been proven to be something false pushed by bad actors there. It still makes its way into Canada, where there is a number of conservatives that wish to identify with American conservatives. And so they adopt the same kind of propaganda narr narrative, which is nonsensical. And this gives them the opportunity, even though. The evidence and, you know, the, the CSIS link said that it was liberals and conservatives that the yeah. Chinese had in their mind. Now it's in their minds and conservative minds. It's become it's just liberals. liberals. Yeah. Um, and it, it's uh, the thing is that I don't think that Trudeau's government handles these things very well. Oh, their columns are terrible about it. Yeah, their their attempts to to deal with these things always seems like they're not even interested um he doesn't address like he 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 rejects the political theater as opposed to becoming an actor on that stage now i understand that tendency but their their communications strategy and we've discussed this before the, the liberal government's communications team is the worst it is the worst it does not ever uh put out there its successes uh when it has to deal with things like we or uh you know or or the emergencies act or dealing with chinese interference their method of addressing it leaves the public feeling very dissatisfied and i can see why this yeah. there are ways of getting it being part of this political theater without being uh used by the political theater abstaining from it is playing into the hands of the conservatives and others who wish to harm them. And, uh, you know, Trudeau, again, he just seems like he doesn't give a rat's ass about uh, about this. And so even though he, what he's saying is true, which is there is no reason for concern. The fact that we've even found this out proves that the, the methods we've been taking are working. We are able to detect where this effort is going on. Even though he's saying factual things, that doesn't matter anymore. It's how you say factual things that really makes a difference and how you appear to react. And so he seems feckless again. Yeah. And, you know, some people would love to see him get a little bit more bare knuckle politics. You know, his, his father could do that. Pierre could do that. Um, even though his father was very cerebral and didn't feel like he had to explain himself to people. And and initially was, you know, once the Trudeau mania, you know, kind of 
wore off, which wasn't really of his creation anyway. He just sort of ended up writing the thing. Right. Um, there was a period in the middle where he just thought, okay, you know, well, good government is its own reward and, you know, we'll put out the truth and there's no spin and, you know, people will love us just because we're doing good things. And in politics, you know, that's not true, uh, unfortunately. And I think, uh, you know, Justin and his, his team really needs to show some teeth. Uh, they need to push back. They need to, uh, you know, get a little smart assy sometimes. I mean, that's going to, you know, make the people who are already unhappy with them unhappy with them a little more. But, but show show a little passion about but, about yeah. the about the response. As you said, these people who are going to respond to it negatively already don't like him. There was that event, uh, the uh, uh, rally for uh, Ukraine that he was speaking at, and some crank showed up yelling about freedom and uh, Trudeau just stomped him in yeah. a very eloquent, very uh, no apology way. He just stomped the guy. And you you watch that like, where is that guy more often? Because that actually, I in, in my social media, I saw people saying, I'm not a Trudeau fan, but he did the right thing there. Like, good for him. He got, he can get support from people who are soft liberal supporters by standing up and showing some balls. And where is that guy? He shows up every now and again. And yeah. as somebody who has has met Justin Trudeau, I wouldn't say we're friends, um, but has met him in a, in, in personal circumstances. Um, that's actually him. Um, he is not this this milk toast that they mm -hmm. want him to be. Uh, you know, that whoever is advising him, that is actually him. He has more of his father in him than we've been able to see. And when he stands up and says, "Screw this." You know, speaking in a way that the public is overwhelmingly in support of efforts for Ukraine. And to stand up and leverage the fact that he's got public support on his side and just say, you know what, you shut up. We're tired of hearing you in this circumstance. There's a time and a place for this. This isn't it. You go away now. Um, people respond because you know what that is? That's called leadership and it's visible leadership. And in this age of uh, everyone getting on video, you know, everything being caught on people's phones and sound bites and video bites. That is what leadership needs to be. You need to see somebody up there with us, you know, with a spine, a visible spine. And I'm not saying that he's spineless because sometimes, as we talked about last week, a prime minister can't say um, that he's not allowed to talk about a subject. <laughs> You know, so he's not allowed to talk about a subject. He's not able to because it it will reveal classified information. And he can't even say he's not talking about it because it will reveal classified information because that will reveal classified information. So often he has to take the, the brickbats, the slings and arrows, because that's what a leader does. But there's other times like this time at the rally for Ukraine where he just stood up and that he was the thing I think people responded to is it was authentic. There was an authentic uh, uh, aggravation, annoyance in him. It didn't seem like he was acting. It didn't seem like he was posturing. It seemed like he was really pissed off. And yeah, I think well, he said can he relate said the things to that. that. Yeah, he said the things that a lot of people are, are, you know, and I think you know the vast majority of Canadians, you know, thinking, which is you know, sit down and shut up. You're an idiot. Yeah. Um, and you know, you, you can couch that as prime ministerial uh, language as you like, but occasionally you need to lose your temper with these idiots because they, they, there's, there's no reasoning with them. And I think Canadian voters want to see somebody who stands up for them and gets passionate and, and mad about kind of the stupid stuff that goes on here. Now on the conservative side, it works for them because, you know, Polev uh, is always getting up and you know and and fighting for the common man. I mean, it, they're all imaginary fights that he, he's he's passionate about. I mean, these are things that don't exist. You know, the the WEF, uh, the world, you know, the World Economic Forum is is running the world, and that uh, uh, you know, freedom of speech and you know all this kind of stuff that he goes on and on about. You know, these are all paper tigers that he he he's uh, you know getting passionate about. People see the passion, they don't realize there's absolutely no substance behind it. And you've got Trudeau who's the absolute opposite, which is you don't see a lot of passion, but, you know, he's dealing with substantive issues. But I, people, you know, that's not resonating with people because everyone has to shout really, really loudly these days to get anyone's attention. And none of yeah. that is to say that, you know, in terms of China, that that there isn't, you know, that China doesn't try to do these things. China absolutely tries to influence governments and policies all around the world. You know, in the um, in, in, in Africa, 
um, in in the developing world. You know, China buys governments. You know, they buy governments the way you know people go to Costco. Uh, they well, will they loan fair, money. It, to be fair, the U.S. has done this for decades oh, yeah, too. Oh, oh, oh yeah, you I'm know, this is this is world powers do this. World powers make their attempt to have the greatest amount of influence in the world. They yeah. they do this. And well, how many governments has the U.S. government toppled around the world because they weren't friendly? In, uh, yeah, in, exactly. This is China's not doing something that makes them an outlier. Um, it, major it, powers do this. This is major powers have done this. It, I mean, back, back when uh, the Belgians still had, uh, you know, an international uh, colonization an empire, program. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this attempts to destabilize and to find out the, you know, the inner workings of and to dis- to to disrupt the workings of your opponents this goes back i mean it, it goes back to rome it probably goes back to people dancing around campfires in animal skins um so this is nothing new doesn't mean you shrug it off but it's this is not even though it seems to the public that this has become something that they're suddenly aware of that doesn't mean that it's anything new it doesn't no. mean that there's any greater threat than there ever was before and it uh but you want a prime minister who says, yes, we're going to handle this. We're, we, we are outraged and we're just play the part. Just yeah. be part of the theater because saying, you know what? I'm not going to dignify this with a response kind of thing. Nobody wants that. Nobody. And in order. No, no, no. If you stand up and you say bullshit, um, yeah. and I think people are going to go like, oh, OK, he takes this seriously. And, you yeah. know, and there's all kinds of there's stuff that, you know, that most people don't even realize that you know, like in 2018, um, the Canadian Center for Cybersecurity was created to monitor uh, threats and protect critical infrastructure against cyber in, um, um, incidents. The rapid response uh, mechanism uh, was created by the G7 to identify and prevent interference attempts. Um, we passed a couple of laws, C-59 and C-76, I think it was, um, that uh, that give uh, our, our intelligence agencies more power to uh, to engage in threat reduction ma- measures and made it illegal for foreigners to pressure, pressure Canadian voters. Um, we set up in 2019. Uh, you know, remember Russia was interfering with the American uh, and and our uh, our system as well at the time. You know, Russia was the bad guy at that time. You know, now the conservatives love the Russians, but you know back then, you know, they hated the Russians. Um, and you know, but the Liberal government set up the Critical Election Incident Public Protocol. There's a mouthful. So, <laughs> you know, which is a committee of our um our of five uh, top uh, top government people. To receive intelligence from the Canadian Security Establishment, which is part of the Five Eyes, uh, CSIS, the RCMP, um, during elections, and to see if anything was happening. Um, so you know, we've got you know, we've set. I mean, and that's on top of Elections Canada and you know the RCMP's regular stuff and all the parties you know monitoring their own activities. Um, so you know, there's all these things that we have already that nobody seems to really know about. Um, to prevent this kind of stuff, because the threat is real, because, you know, China will try to, you know, and, you know, China's not alone. The United States, you know, have policies, especially when it comes to water and to energy and to electricity and various things that they, you know, they would love to put their thumb on the scale of Canadian policy for that. And, you know, there's American right-wing dark money that funds, you know, the, the Koch, well, it's not the Koch brothers anymore, because one of them died, the Koch brother, mm-hmm. but that work uh you know they fund all kinds of of conservative think tanks here uh that you know publish publish polls and reports and 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 things that try to influence government policy because you know every time you see something being being quoted um uh, uh on you know whether it's oil or uh, guns or anti-abortion you know there's often american policy money behind those sorts of things because they're trying to expand expand their right-wing influence into canada as well you know uh, israel israel lobbies our country's uh, government and our mps you know tremendously and there's all kinds of ways you know you know they but you know you've got to, you know, other countries that do exactly the same sort of thing so well, you, you, know, you, you look at the, the international community that well, wants everybody thing. to be on the same page you know well, sometimes they want them to be on their page well, and, exactly, uh, and they'll do it through diplomacy, but they'll also do that through soft power and influence. Well, the, I mean, the you know, the, there's been discussion in the states about the power of the Israel lobby, and then if you actually look at the amount of money that is spent by the lobbies, the Saudi Arabia, for example, the amount oh, of money yeah. they put in 
it completely eclipses anything that mm. Israel put. Well, especially in. during the Trump era. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there. So you know, the the there's mul- multiple political reasons why people choose to focus on on Israel's influence. Um, but you know, the the Israel's neighbors, the Arab countries, put in more money um, with their political action committees, and this is. This is statecraft. This yeah. is what goes. I mean, Iran, uh, you know, projects Ooh, itself outwards in so many ways. Mm-hmm. This is sta- this is statecraft, yeah. and it's interesting that the tilt on this story hasn't been that the Chinese tried to infiltrate and did not succeed. We're not focusing on the did not succeed part. Where some act bad actors are looking around, um, trying to find indications that they in fact did succeed um to try to because listen it is it is our opponents are our, 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 our i guess our enemies or that term is so comic booky um who would love to make us feel that our electoral system is broken and non-representative and corrupt because then you get fewer people bothering to show up at the polls and you get people losing faith in public institutions we see it in in the united states amongst a, yeah. a, a a portion a significant portion of the electorate and i think we talked about this last week that you know i'm looking at it and saying who would benefit from leaking this information i mean there's some people say it's like you know some patriot at CSIS or something my thought is if i'm the chinese government i want this information out there because it furthers my my interests in making people question the legitimacy of their political outcomes. Um, so continue, you know, the, the, the prime minister said in, in his typically clunky way that you're helping China by pushing this narrative that, that we should be setting off alarms. You're helping Chinese goals. He was 100% right because yeah. uh, whoever leaked this, the ongoing attempts to make it seem like this had greater impact than it did is serving the goals of China, which is to take Western democracies and have its population lose its faith and confidence in its electoral system and its public institutions, because that leads to a rot, an internal rot. It's corrosive, and it help it benefits those who whose uh, interests are uh, endemic, uh, you know, who are, who are opposite to to ours. So it's just you, know, uh, and, it, you just shake and, your head. Yeah, and, and Trudeau saying that was met with, you know, when Trudeau said, uh, you know, look, you know, look, you're you're furthering the narrative that our 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 political, you know, that the election was stolen and our political system is is uh, is is unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, as soon as he said that, the pushback, and it came from the Globe Mail, it came from you know the the Post media chain, you know, the National Post, the Sun chain. Uh, was that you know Trudeau was saying that we can't even talk about uh, about keeping our democracy safe. I say, well, that's not what he's saying. He says, look, we're doing our best to keep our democracy safe. I see a lot of stuff you guys don't see. Um, and these, you know, these few things that have been leaked out, you know, strategically to the uh, to the press are not representative of the problem. And the problem is being addressed and looked after. I can't tell you a lot more. But, uh, you know, at, but the the pushback was um, this this backlash against Trudeau saying, you know, well, how how dare he say we can't even talk about no. this kind of stuff anymore? <laughs> say, well, you can talk about it, but talk about it in an informed and responsible kind of way. Yeah, good um, luck on that. It's interesting. Know, and, that, I mean, the organs you mentioned, all of them are uh, publicly conservative facing. I mean, they don't make any bones oh, about no. the fact that they are promoting a conservative perspective and conservative goals. It's it's funny because you'll still see some people online saying that uh, Trudeau bought and paid for the 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 media, and it's like you know the the small <laughs> amount of money that was given to oh you ought to get his money back if that's the truth well <laughs> you certainly should um, the small the, the amount of money that was given uh, was distributed a lot of it a majority of it went to conservative run uh, media outlets not anything well, most of it, because mo- most, most of, of it's owned uh, by conservatives exactly i mean the you know the the the, the conglomeration of conservative you know right wing and you know funded bought and paid for by uh, by american right wing uh, um, um, uh, hedge funds you know in in the case of yeah case of, of the of, the post of post media yeah um uh, they absolutely control their editorial direction um and they are, are no friends to to the prime minister and you can see that not just in 
in the stories, uh, it, you know, it's it's everything, including the headlines and where they go with it. I mean, they've been playing up the um, the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation and its connections to oh. China. And yeah, it, it, uh, echoes of the Clinton Foundation. Yeah, uh, and the nonsense around that. And and I, th- you know, you see, I think people, you know, conservatives, um, who see something working on in the United States. Uh, whether it is you know impugning the election integrity or you know like you said the Clinton Foundation, um, they go after it. I mean you know the Hunter Biden's laptop versus uh, you know Margaret Trudeau speaking at a couple of we events. Uh, you know they 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 find these these themes that uh, the right has exploited um, ruthlessly and and unfairly in the United States. Uh, and they bring them up here and, and they try them out on the Canadian electorate. Well, and, you know, I think our electorate is a little more sophisticated, a little more educated, a little more worldly. It doesn't have quite the effect it has here. It does affect some people as, as well, we, we heard. with built you know, on grievance. I mean, the, no. the foundation of the United States was built on grievance. Ours wasn't. And mm-hmm. that matters. That matters. The foundation yeah. of the United States was Puritans who people don't like to talk about. It. They, they treat them as, you know, they were some kind of heroes. They were religious lunatics. Um, in, you know, if you look at them in the context of the times, these were, these were fundamentalist, uh, crazies that the other Christians in, in Europe didn't even want them around because they were <laughs> yeah, so bloody like, crazy. They're too crazy for us. Like, you yeah, know, go, go over there and keep your craziness yeah, across we, the ocean for us. That's not our history. That's not our heritage. That's not in our DNA. Um, and the thing is that the conservative forces, um, make, they are not hesitant to recognize there is a certain degree of ignorance in the public on certain topics. There are certain levers that we can we can uh, press on um, that hit people in an, in an emotional way, you know, that, that tackle people's emotions. What emotion is the one that's most pop, uh, powerful? Fear. They have reached a, a, a syllabus of how to take, uh, how to combine the public's ignorance on subjects um, and mix that with uh, fear and advance their agenda the liberals in canada they you know they they have it seems like they have too much faith in the intelligence and emotional reasonableness of the population because they could very easily uh you, you know use the same ignorance to their benefit i mean you look at what uh, jagmeet singh is doing the man's up there all the time uh confusing political uh, you know political jurisdictions you know, he, he blames the federal government for not doing something that is the provincial government's responsibility. And he can he and this isn't once this isn't twice. This is standard operating procedure for him because he knows there's a there's a number of people who aren't aware of jurisdictional differences and other people who who have the attitude of if the government really wants to, they will do it. So if the government yeah, really sees something find going way. wrong, they'll find a way to override the provincial. Like, it, 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 it's not true. But again, we're dealing with emotions and ignorance, which combine, yeah. you know, their 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 uh, bedfellows and the liberals are you know, just and it's, relying it's too much on this not being like you need to get into the dirt. You need to get down. You don't have to get necessarily as dirty, but you need to get down into the dirt a bit with this. You need yeah. to start and, and you need, working you need emotions. to call it out. You need yeah. to call it out directly and not just, you know, present like, look, you know, here are the facts and let me, you know, let me, let me get out the blackboard and, and, and help you understand that, you know, the, the Pierre Elliott Trudeau foundation, you know, Justin Trudeau has no influence over it. He gets no money from it. It is not a family trust. It, it is an educational trust that is, you know, it's a registered charity. So it's subject to all of the audits and all of the reporting that registered charities have to do. This isn't some some flim flammy thing like, you know, like the Americans, you know, American politicians set up these sorts of you know, things all the time to, uh, to you know, Trump is the is the specialist at this. He sets up, you know, phony baloney foundations and pays himself millions of dollars out of it. You know, but to try to explain that to Canadians that they that the Trudeau Foundation is not like that at all. Now, so you know they, uh, but they always conflate you know whatever is going on in the Trudeau Foundation with Justin Trudeau as if he has anything to do with it. So you know there was a, a donation or well, there was a commitment to two hundred thousand dollars by a Chinese national, well by, by a, a Chinese because uh, um, uh, it's a Canadian charity it can only take money from from Canadians. Mm-hmm. So uh, a Chinese expat. Of two hundred thousand dollars, like if you can buy 
if you can buy a prime minister for two hundred thousand dollars yeah, for charity, it's like wow, bargain basement prices here. And in fact, he only paid one hundred and forty thousand of the two hundred thousand uh, dollar amount that uh, that he promised. And uh, but you know, the headline was when the Trudeau Foundation looked at it, said, you know what, we are rather than have this fight, we're going to give back the uh, the hundred and forty. So the headline uh, that I saw was two hundred thousand dollars given being given back to China. It's like, well, it's not being back to China. It's being given back to a, a Chinese expat who was the original donor of this it, back in 2015, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the spin, this torque, this this constant narrative that the conservatives have been putting together that that Justin Trudeau is 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 a lover of China. I mean, it started with you know how he admired their basic Chinese uh, dictatorship, which, which was, was a joke. Well, it was Joe. It was sarcasm. He was he was saying something you know that would uh, he was mimicking the way he thought Stephen Harper felt about China uh, and the way our Canadian government was going. He said, like, mm-hmm. "Oh, yo, I bet, I bet you know, it would be so easy if this was a dictatorship. We could do all this kind of stuff." But and then literally his next words were, "But seriously, uh, but but uh, the Conservatives have been weaving this this loving China narrative since the very beginning, since before he was Prime Minister." And well, yeah, you know, and you look at—he's the one who brought home the two Michaels. He's the one who sat down with 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 G and said, like, you know, stop doing this. He's the one who who um, well, you know, it, it was under his watch. It wasn't a it wasn't a political decision that Meng was arrested on behalf of the Americans, uh, and which you know, which created the 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 situation where the two Michaels were arrested mm-hmm. and then the long, you know, negotiation to get them home. You know, he hasn't been easy on China. It was, it was Harper who signed the 31 year non, uh, non-breakable FIPA, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the trade agreement with China, which gave them all kinds of, of extraterritorial rights, um, to, um, to dispute trade, uh, Things where where Canada tried to uh, you know tried to limit Chinese investment in Canada. Justin Trudeau is actually uh, he just came out uh, in the last couple of months with uh, the pronouncement saying that we will not allow Chinese national companies to invest in strategic critical minerals that uh, in Canada you know for mining um, mm-hmm. pro- um, uh, projects because. Number one, uh, we don't know what they're going to do with them. And number two, we need to establish a Canadian, uh, you know, industry in this. So we're we are specifically freezing China out of this. Um, so he has not been soft on China, but the conservatives, you know, don't let the truth get in the way of a good lie. Uh, the conservatives have been beating this drum that he, somehow that he is this, you know, poster boy from for communist China. Yeah, it well, I mean, it goes back to them claiming that he was uh, Castro's son. Yeah, well, um, yeah, there's that they, too. Although the calendars don't really match up for that one. <laughs> don't, don't talk to me about facts. No. Um, but the thing, I mean, that 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 comment about uh, admiring the Chinese dictatorship—that's um, an example of Trudeau not being savvy to the fact that we're in an age where don't expect the fullness of your statement to be reported. Uh, the yeah. You look at the statement he made uh, about the fringe minority that was within the anti-vax or the the anti-mandate movement. He yeah. very specifically said that it was a a small a minority yeah. Yeah, within that group. He didn't say it yep. was the whole group, uh, just like Hillary Clinton did not say that everyone who followed Trump was a deplorable. But you stumble into this thing and you forget that the the skill of these conservative uh, propagandists at taking these things and turning them against you. And I mean, Trudeau said during the the EA statement that he wishes he had expressed himself differently because of how it was turned and used. And uh, he needs to recognize you can't like, it's like a knock-knock joke. Um, Don't expect the person to report after the who's there. All you're going to get is the knock-knock. and it's a terrible example I just gave, but you it, it, it's <laughs> you don't expect the, um, the the fullness of your comments. Don't pose rhetorical questions um, because rhetorical questions can easily be turned against you. Uh, don't make jokes because unless it's jokes about something that has nothing to do with politics, because they will in text. I mean, we see this sometimes when we communicate with each other, you know, all you know, human beings. That text sometimes does not often 
does not carry the nuance um, of humor or what you're really intended. And the person reading it, depending on the mood they're reading it in, might take it in a completely different way. Justin needs to recognize that we're in an age where you got to be really careful with what you say. Now, yeah, it, it'll be boiled down to a little clip and it'll be run on an endless loop uh, out of context forever and ever until people can't remember what you said in the first place. That's right. I mean, he did take pains to say that the uh, it was a fringe minority within. But, you know, the, that, that's nuance to these people. They're angry. Yeah. They hate. I mean, they hate Trudeau anyway. Let's face it. This didn't yeah. turn people to hate Trudeau. You had to hate Trudeau to believe that this was what he said. Um but it's, uh, you know, it, it, the Trudeau, the Liberal government, to my mind, to the things that I value uh, as a Canadian, has done, uh, has had some achievements that are notable. And they have done a terrible job of letting anybody know that. They're constantly on the defense, which isn't a good way to, isn't a good look. It's not a good way to advance yourself politically. Um and the, they are an exact textbook example of what not to do as a political comm shop. I don't know why. I mean, I understand it, it said that Justin Trudeau is very loyal. Um, I think that his loyalty has gotten in the way of a political prudence because the people who were running his communications, they should have all been cleared out a long time ago. It's the same bloody people and they make the same mistakes because that's what they do because that's what they know how to do. They, they just aren't able they're not fit for the environment that that we live in today, but they're yes, still and, there. Well, and and it extends down. I mean, I think the the problem is also you know not just the comms, but if you look at the the, the front bench ministers, I mean, there are they are there are a lot of very competent, very accomplished, um, very diligent people who are serving in major cabinet positions under under Justin Trudeau, mm-hmm. and none of them are are showy um none of them are you know jean chrétien level rabble rousers i mean they're very competent bureaucrats in charge of ministries doing like you said you know there's there's been a ton of good legislation passed over the last you know seven years um you know some of it fixing a lot of the 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 gaping holes that uh, were left by uh by stephen harper and the conservatives um, there's been appropriate responses to to, to various crises, um, and they've been very good, competent ministers. And I think you know the, the the fault that they have is thinking that competence will get you respect, and it should. It absolutely should get you respect. Uh, boring is good, but boring against the kind of of constant twenty four hour cycle, rabid attack dogs that are are going after him mostly from the conservatives but you know as you pointed out also the ndp has decided that uh, they don't want to be left behind in 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 the terms of attack ads whether you know they're um you know they're attacking on things that are legitimate federal grounds for concern or not um competence and quiet dignity does not uh, does not stand a chance unfortunately in this world against that kind of you know 24 hours mudslinging yeah and uh, once again, we have diagnosed the problem. Uh, there is no solution. I mean, there is a solution actually for this, but it's I don't see anybody grasping it. I don't see the concern or the liberals uh, waking up to the world we live in as far as messaging and determining that they need to message it more. I don't see Justin Trudeau showing more of that. The Justin Trudeau who who beat the hell out of uh, Brazil, uh, yeah. you know, in in boxing. Um, we're not seeing that pugilist, which runs in the in the Trudeau veins. We're not seeing the fuddle-duddle. Um, and it's there, but for whatever reason, it reminds me of uh, the restraints held on Barack Obama. So he didn't, he didn't come across as an angry black man. So yeah. he was no drama Obama. Um, and uh, it doesn't work. It's not the no, world, and, that and you can't in. just bring it out at election time either, because you know so many people have made up their minds before uh, the writs ever dropped. Yeah, um, you you've got to show people that you know no one wants anyone who's like that all the time. That would be incredibly tiresome. Mm-hmm. Um, would be exhausted. But you know you need to see it on a regular basis just to be reminded that it's there and not just catch fire at election time. Um, if that's if you know, sure, run on your record, run on your accomplishments, run on all the things, but 
you've got to get your message out over the over the the, the noise that is created by all the dissemblers who are who, you know who are gunning for you with the uh, the active participation of of Canada's major media outlets. Well, I I am so torn, you know, as somebody who's been part of the media since I was in short pants, um, though with my height, I, typically I am still in short <laughs> I'm pants. I'm picturing you in short pants, and I yes. probably shouldn't be. Um, and uh, I understand the challenge of the media because we're in a world that uh, not only does not reward the classic journalism we're used to, the objective journalism we were used to that you and I were raised on, it actively punishes it by denying it oxygen. And so I understand that media, they've, there's a tabloid element to even the most uh, austere of our media because they're competing against media outlets, which are all tabloid which draw people's attention, which play on people's emotions, which, uh, you know, entangle people almost like a quicksand. Uh, and they've got it in order for there to be any objective journalism like we're used to, they have to keep their doors open. They have to have money coming in. And so they have to sell some of their soul in order to stay alive. In otherwise, they just give up and we're left with nothing but BuzzFeed. Um you know, and, and the rebel and true north, because you're not going to get a liberal outlet like that, because liberals, they're not as angry and, and aggrieved. You, you can get a lot out of people when they feel like they're being done wrong. You can get you can really motivate people that way. It's very difficult to motivate people in the middle. It's very, you know, yeah. how do you motivate centrists? It's very yeah. difficult. A you radical can motivate, moderate. Yeah. Yeah. How do you you can motivate people on the far left, the thing is, typically people on the far left don't have the financial resources that people on the far right do. It's part of being part of the far left. And and so we don't get that stuff that moderates are looking for, which is, I'm interested in this issue. I'm interested in hearing both sides fairly. Um, please present me with the information so that I can actively think about this and come to a conclusion. We're told what to think in a sense. And there's a lot of objective reporting out there still, but you know, you, you I, dealing with this person this week again, the whole anti CBC thing. People don't understand CBC is not like CTV or or Global or Rogers. It has a particular mandate to reflect Canadian realities and Canadian stories, and so it's it's going to be a different outlet than than the commercial outlets. Yeah, you know, CBC doesn't exist solely to really run American uh, programming, which is what the others exist for. And the number of people who say the CBC uh, is in the pocket of Trudeau and doesn't cover X, Y, or Z, and then you ask them, when was the last time you watched CBC News? I don't watch CBC News because they're, they're in Trudeau's pocket. Well, how then do you know, how can you speak with any authority about what CBC covers or doesn't cover and how they cover it. If you never look at the coverage, well, I hear about it. Okay. How, how many things in your life would you accept? You know, would you go into, into surgery with a surgeon who says, I don't really have actual information, but I've heard about how to do this surgery. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, well, and, and and they might be pleased actually if they watched you know some of uh, some of the CBC shows because uh, you know a lot of them, especially the political panel discussions, are are actually very very tough on the Trudeau government, um, and, and you know to the point where sometimes you kind of go like ah, you know you're you're kind of getting into cheap shots here for uh, for for you know to sound smart and for ratings, um, you know there are very few people who I know who actually watch the CBC, who think that the CBC is, is at all sympathetic towards the liberals? Anyway, you know, they, they are sympathetic to a lot of liberal causes. I mean, they're committed to multiculturalism and to gender equality and to uh, racial equality. And, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of things that aren't really hot button issues for the, uh, for the conservatives in a good way anyway. So they reflect a lot of liberal values, but politically I've, 
haven't seen the CBC being pro big L liberal for a very, very long time. I mean, and some of that, you know, came out of the Harper years where, you know, he tried to politicize it and, you know, stack the, uh, the, the board of directors with the, uh, with people who are much more conservative and they, uh, you know, they were, they were there to make sure that, uh, you know, the liberal elements were expunged from the CBC and to a certain extent, you know, it's still suffering a little bit from that because that's institutional. Um, Which is, by the way, kind of funny that you say that you don't like the liberal influence there. Uh, it's not fair. And so you're going to put in conservatives so that the conservatives yeah. have the influence that yeah. you say was unfair when liberals had it. Um, I was at, I mean, there was a brief time I was at CBC working in a specific show um, for one season, the, its final season. And it was going back about nine years ago. And I remember the senior management coming to us and saying that you need to we need to now look at every story to see if it's being fair to conservative values and conservative the, the opinions of conservatives. And we weren't a political show, though there was at times some humor that was political humor. We weren't a political show. We weren't a news show. But it had trickled down that um, we have to be more representative of conservative points of view. And this was coming from people who you know, have Che Guevara beanie babies on their desk, um, <laughs> uh, which are usually faux liberals, in my opinion. But anyway, or my experience, but, the the you know, they were. And so I remember seeing lots of things in the news where it was very clunky, that it was very clear that these are people who are not conservatives, who are trying to be present a conservative point of view. And it was just such it was so bad. It was so poorly executed. But, uh, you know, the Jean Chrétien, Famously, during his uh, prime minister uh, prime ministership, hated the CBC and believed the CBC was out to get him. Um, yeah. Whichever government is in power believes that the CBC is out to get them because it's the CBC's job to hold their feet to the fire. And mm -hmm. when the CBC is successful, uh, the governments don't like them uh, because they're doing their job. Listen, if the, if the CBC um, uh, was you know, just middle of the road, then governments wouldn't even take notice of them. So it's uh, the, it's always, though, the case that, so how often do you watch CBC? Well, I don't watch CBC. Well, how do you know what's on there? Because I heard about it. Everyone, know, everyone knows that. It, the, you know, the, the, the buzz, your catch, catchphrase is, it's been proven. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, and the, and, but the opposite is, is, is not true because, you know, those who are on sort of the left, uh, watching conservative media is almost a sport because it gets reported on, uh, well, as we just said earlier, about uh, the current problems that uh, Murdoch is having in Fox News. I mean, that's, we see the clips. I mean, if you're watching any of the commentary shows, uh, you know, you see what they're saying. If you watch CNN or you watch MSNBC or any of the, you know, what are branded as the, the American liberal lefty uh, media, you're seeing what conservative news sources say. I mean, if you're on Twitter, you've I've got people who are who are posting you know articles in in the Rebel and on like you say True North and uh, you know various Patriot channels and stuff to to refute my uh, you know my 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 various comments, saying look here that'll show you. Look at that, Keenan Beck said this, so you know it must be true. Uh, I was like, oh, really? Yeah. Um, so we we are yeah. we are aware of what's going on on the right in a way that the that the right is not at all aware of what's going on in, you know, on the left. They they would never read the Toronto Star. I mean, when I if ever I uh, you know, quote uh, something back to somebody on uh, on social media, you know, say, look, you know, here's a reference uh, for you that says what you're saying is, is baloney, and they'll go like, oh, Toronto Star. Of course, they're going to say that. I'm not even going to read the article. It's like, well, you know, if someone sends me an article, you know, from the rebel or, you know, any of the, any of the right wing stuff, I'll have a look at it. I'm curious to see what they're saying. Uh, well, that's because it's yeah. important to know what they're saying. Well, it's uh, what's interesting to me is the number of people who will send me articles to back up their position. And when you read the article, the article actually invalidates say that their at position. All. Yeah. yeah. It either doesn't address it at all or it invalidates their position because they haven't read the article either. They've read a headline and someone told or someone pushed this article on them. So they just push it along based on headline. And then I, I you know, reflect back to them some quotes from it. And I say, did you even read this? And you never hear yeah. from them again. Well, uh, there was a Merrill article. Subject. 
Yeah, yeah and a Golden Mail article just the other day about the uh, the Trudeau Foundation, you know, giving its money back to China, and it talks about all this kind of stuff. And buried in it was the the, the most important news. And this wasn't the headline in the story in the Globe Mail. Uh, Jody Thomas, the National Security Advisor, told the committee a Global News report that China transferred twenty five uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars through proxies to candidates in the two thousand nineteen federal election was false. Like. Boom. Uh, but that's not what the story's about. The story's about the foundation uh, returning, you know, $140,000 to, it says, to China, um, yes. uh, which, which isn't which true is, anyway. Which is, that is actually malfeasance. But the, that but the is main... actually uh, a violation of, of journalism because that is not true. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the number of well, people who say that, you know, it, it that uh, certain media or perhaps you or I on social media um, uh, are uh, in the pocket of, you know, the government's propaganda. And I was, it, they always point to times when the government or certain media are quoting individual sources or yes. quoting a thought. Mm -hmm. Like if the government is releasing a report by, the, you know, the head medical authority in a particular area, that is not necessarily the government telling us something. The government is informing us of what the top information people in this area are, are saying. Um, it's not the government making it up for political points. And when you or I will quote a, an authority figure, a medical expert who, has, you know, who works specifically in the area that, that, that they're discussing, um, somebody who deals with, uh, with spycraft or whatever, or deals with security, um, when we reference their, what they've had to say, um, we are not propagandists. Uh, we are provide, we are saying, look, this is what this person said. I'm not saying this. I'm saying this is a source that I trust, and this is what this person is saying. So the idea that because the government says, uh, Jody Thomas, uh, is that, that, that the name? Jody Thomas um, said yeah. this um, and tells us that that's not the government making up, making up a political uh, point. That's not the government creating uh, a, a fictional reality. It's the government saying, look, it's our responsibility to tell you what we're hearing from experts and this is it and the cbc re reporting that this is what that government this is what that uh, expert said and th this is what the government released uh based on that or that this is the government releasing that person's statement that is not the cbc propagandizing or choosing sides they're telling you what has been said by notable people and no, that doesn't. They don't then have to go to somebody without any actual knowledge or expertise to get a quote to oppose what was said, because that's not balance. That's bad reporting. You you, you don't you don't go looking for a countervailing opinion so that you reach people who don't have the necessary uh, credibility or credentials to stand on that same level to speak in that environment with that level of authority. But that's what, you know, you don't get, you don't reflect what I want to believe. Well, maybe what you want to believe is just not true. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, and we see that with the, you know, the use of, of, uh, of, of hearsay and third party sources. Anyway, the, the Globe Mail, uh, you know, was writing about, you know, China appears to have targeted Justin Trudeau in a foreign influence operation after he became liberal leader in 2013. The source said, so anonymous source, mm -hmm. Said the diplomat, another, so we're two, two away now, instructed Mr. Zhang. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so an anonymous person told a diplomat that yes. he instructed another person yes. to donate a million dollars to the Trudeau Foundation and told him the Chinese government would reimburse him. Well, you know, number one, <laughs> it didn't happen. The million dollars didn't happen, but it's here. It's yeah. being quoted like people are like, and they gave him a million dollars. It's like, well, no, you've got a, you've got a unconfirmed source talking about a diplomat, talking to another person about something that didn't happen. Trudeau must be guilty. It's like, ah, oh. yeah, honestly, it's... you're stitching together a narrative, you know, on, on the barest of bones. And, you know, and I worked in China for, uh, with a, uh, you know, the Canadian company that had a project in China. I was there for eight years, nine years. I got to know the Chinese 
you know, people I dealt with pretty well over that period of time. And there's a really different attitude towards government and expatriates. You know, we, we used to think, you know, we're used to thinking about Chinese people who come to Canada as refugees, as they're escaping communism. And mm -hmm. that isn't really true anymore. Um, they come here very, very proud of, of being Chinese nationals. They feel very, very attached to the motherland still. Um, you know, and the, you know, the Chinese government has this extraterritoriality that it works with where, you know, if you're Chinese, you still have relatives back home, you know, they will, they will use all kinds of leverage on your family back in China to get you to do things here. It's mm -hmm. absolutely, and that's absolutely true. But at the same time, there's all kinds of willing actors here as well, because they're very proud of being Chinese. They feel like they've got the Chinese version of the American manifest destiny, that this is China's century and that they're part of the inevitable progress towards China being the dominant nation in the world. And, you know, they don't worry too much about democratic trappings and all that kind of stuff. So when you've got a population like that and people say, well, you'll, this is the thin edge of racism. I say, well, this isn't racism. This is just a cultural reality in in China. And it's not all Chinese people because Chinese people have been coming here for the last 150 and more years. Um, you know, there's Chinese people who've been here longer than my family's been here, and they're they're just as Canadian, if not more Canadian. Um, but th there is this wave of immigration that still has you know, Beijing still has influence over them, and they're quite happy to help Beijing. So you see a lot of this chatter again that was in the reports that the Globe Mail got their hands on and published that you know people are saying things which may or may not be true or may or may not have any influence. And, you know, they, you know we're talking about uh, 200, uh, the original thing that uh, the uh, national security advisor was saying that, you know, she was denying that $250,000 was given to candidates by Chinese sources. So, well, if you break it down, we, we have over 300 writings in Canada. Let's say they targeted 250 of those writings. That's $1,000 each. Do you really think you can buy a Canadian election for a thousand dollars? No, I, I was a candidate in in two elections, yeah. and a thousand dollars wouldn't have swayed me no. one well, way or another. Pro probably welcome because you're scrambling for money. Oh, I, I would have bought a would have bought a number of signs. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, but uh, it it wouldn't. And have if you plunk all that money down in one, one riding, it probably isn't going to make that much of a difference either. So you no. know, we're talking like uh, you know, like I say, a real paper tiger here. Uh, which isn't to say that you know China has some unique features in terms of wanting to extend its its influence anywhere that it can, anywhere that it can penetrate, whether that is you know for mining rights uh, in in Africa or um, trade uh, trade negotiations or fishing or military or whatever else. They are seeking you know a, to be a major major world power, especially with Russia kind of fading. Um, and in the United States having its own problems. And, you know, they are prepared to do things. But the central message is it didn't work. And it wasn't so concentrated and coordinated as to have been a major threat, which is why Trudeau is being a little, you know, seems to be a little blasé about it, saying like, you know, you know there was kind of a half-assed effort. They bust, you know, maybe they bust a few seniors in to help uh, somebody get the nomination but it's not like they're installing puppet leaders anywhere who are at the beck and call of Beijing, which is, you know, the dream of every every conservative as a, as a campaign slogan. Um, but again, it's all it's all the nuances. It's the geopolitics. It's it's, you know, understanding our political system and how Elections Canada actually works and how writings actually work and how nominations work. You've got to understand all this kind of stuff to understand how big you know to be able to assess what kind of a threat this is and you know the, at the moment thankfully you know the assessment is wasn't much of a threat yeah and that's i think that's where we'll bring it to a close um i hope people listening uh to this come away with a more reasoned uh, dispassionate view of what's actually going on and what kind of threat i mean the threat is there but it, it the threat has not been realized at this point and uh, take some confidence in the fact that it's been detected um and uh, go forward uh, to discuss this with a little more information in your back pocket. Um, I have to uh, I have to go because I have to go to uh, a computer store to return a an adapter 
that they swore was the right adapter. And then I brought it home to Leanna. She said, this isn't the right adapter. So uh, I have to get there before they close. <laughs> um, well, well, we, we'll bring this to a conclusion then. And, and, and next time we talk, you can tell us how your adapter worked. Um, I, I hope that it's, it's not something worth talking about. I hope that the adapter will adapt. Um, so Stephen, thank you very much. And thanks to everybody who've been listening. Um, you always provide a, uh, a depth of information and experience and knowledge that uh, I know I don't provide. And uh, no, I don't say I appreciate sure. that. Well, I provide opinion. Um, you actually <laughs> provide the uh, the information that makes the opinion seem somewhat <laughs> valid. Um, so uh, uh, I appreciate that. And we will be back again uh, as soon as we're able. Looking forward to it. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. This has been Stephen and Stephen. Stephen Lawton's can be found on Twitter at S-T-E-P-H-E-N. L-A-U-T-E-N-S. Uh, so check them out. I do. And uh, I'm Stephen Kersner. This has been... St oh, not Stephen. This has been... No, small, no. This has been small L liberals. That's yes. right. It, it takes a little while to get used to. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We just misnamed <laughs> ourselves. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>